Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. As we begin today, we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 41. So if you want to turn there, we'll be there in just a minute. It's a beautiful day this morning. This is the second dig a bit of our glory study. We are in the month of September, and I hope you're enjoying the study as much as I am. We're looking at Genesis 41, number four in our questions. Ask us to read Genesis 41 to 43 and to look there for our Kabod word. And I hope that you found that in verse 31 of chapter 41, where it says there that the famine will be very grievous. Maybe your Bible has another translation for that word. Mine says the famine was going to be a grievous famine. And that grievous there is our Kabod word that we're looking for, our glory word. In this context, of course, you'll remember that Pharaoh had a dream. Joseph, we find him down in prison in Egypt. You remember his brothers put him down in the pit. They intended to kill him. Then the Midianites came, or the Ishmaelites, and took Joseph as a slave, giving his brothers money for him. And then his brothers, remember, lied to his father, showing them a coat, that coat of many colors with blood on it. And the father there, Jacob, believes now that Joseph is dead. And Joseph ends up going, you remember, to serve in the house of Potiphar. And the wife of Potiphar, remember, got Joseph into big trouble because she alleged that he had tried to rape her to come on to her sexually and so the uh, Joseph then had been cast into prison by Potiphar and after a time in prison actually at the end of two full years Pharaoh had a dream and he dreamed that he was standing by the river Nile and you remember that the seven fat cows came up and fed in a meadow and the skinny cows came up beside them seven ill-favored the King James Version says and lean-fleshed the skinny cows ate up the fat cows and then you'll remember the same thing happened with the ears of corn and Pharaoh could not find an interpreter for this dream he could not find any of his people who could tell him what that dream meant and you remember then that the baker and the butler remembered that Joseph could interpret dreams because he had successfully interpreted dreams in the past for them. And so Joseph was brought before Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh what these dreams meant. And he's describing there that the seven skinny cows were seven lean ears and that the seven fat cows were seven uh, years of great plenty and we can read his um, interpretation of that dream beginning in verse 26 of chapter 41 the seven good kind or cows are seven years and the seven good ears of corn are seven years the dream is one the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine 
This is the thing that I've spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he is showing now to Pharaoh. There are going to come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and then after them, seven years of famine. And the plenty shall all be forgotten, shall all be eaten up by the years of famine. So Joseph is describing a grievous famine, and that is our word in verse 31. It's also our word in verse 1 of chapter 43, where he's describing again that famine. When Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said, no, let's see, 43, and the famine was sore in the land. So chapter 43, verse 1, again, and this is later on, after the brothers have already gone down, after Joseph's brothers have already gone down to Egypt to buy corn of Joseph, unbeknownst to uh, them that it was Joseph. They didn't know that they were buying corn from Joseph, but they had gone down because of the hardness, the grievous nature of this famine. And that's again expressed in chapter 43, verse one. And in my version there, it's translated sore. Kabod is translated sore. And the famine was sore in the land. It might be grievous, it might be great, it might be heavy in your version. But what it's telling us is that that famine, in a very negative sense, was very heavy, very weighty, a very difficult famine. And we read some descriptions that show us just how heavy the famine was. In chapter 41, for instance, verse 30, the plenty will be forgotten. The famine will consume the land. In verse 55, we read the land was famished. And in verse 56, the famine went over all the face of all the earth. So we know that that word there, kabod, means very difficult, very grievous, very, very heavy. And we find those meanings a couple of times, those translations a couple of times in Genesis 41 through 43. I want us to notice here, though, that famine is described with another Hebrew word, Kazak in chapter 41, the last couple of verses, it's, it describes the famine with another word, Kazak. And how is that translated in your Bible at the end of Genesis chapter 41? We read, the famine was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine was sore, or waxed sore, in the land of Egypt. And I don't know, there several different translations for that word, but it's a different Hebrew word, kazak, and it means to strengthen, to prevail, to harden. So by the time we get to the end of chapter 41, we're finding that things aren't getting better, that they're getting worse, that that famine is prevailing, strengthening, hardening, but that is a different Hebrew word. I want us to notice here though, and the point I'd like to make today is that God can use negatively heavy burdens in our lives and in our countries and in our external circumstances. God can use really heavy things for accomplishing His purposes. You remember that in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, after Joseph had revealed himself to his brothers, not taking the time to go through all of the details of what led up to that. I think most of us are familiar with those. But in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 
20, Joseph said to his brothers, and this is after Jacob died, and they were afraid that Joseph was going to give them a hard time after his dad died because they were afraid maybe he's just been, been being nice to us, moving us down here to Goshen, taking care of us, making sure we had enough to eat. Maybe he's been doing that for the sake of our father who loved him and with whom he had this close relationship. But in verse 20 of chapter 50, But as for you, you were thinking evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. I think there's a concept there that is very potent. God no matter how heavy or evil we think something can be, God can be using it for good. I think Moses said a similar thing as he revealed himself to his brothers, and they were very much afraid. They were very much afraid at that time that, that he was going to be very angry at them, and they were really worried for their lives at this time. But when he made himself known to them, Judah came near, chapter 44, verse 18, and said, Let me speak a word. Let not your anger burn against your servant, for you are even as Pharaoh. And he began to describe um, how that he could not bring Benjamin there. They were very much fearful of Joseph. And then in chapter 45, verse 1, Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by, and he cried, Cause every man to go out for me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brethren, and he wept aloud. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren couldn't answer them, for they were troubled at his presence, very much afraid of him. Verse 5, don't be grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Well, listen to verse 6. These two years the famine has been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall be neither ear, ring, nor harvest, and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity or a remnant in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it wasn't you that sent me hither, but God. And he has, now remember, through the grievous, the heavy famine, he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So go up to my father and bring him down that he can dwell in the land of Goshen. Verses six and seven are, are key verses here. The famine's been here for two years, but look what God is doing through the famine. Look what he is doing through the heaviness. He is preserving a remnant in the earth. Now, you and I, looking back, we know what that remnant was about. We know that that remnant was really about Jesus Christ, that he was building a messianic nation through which our Lord would come. He was using the heaviness that he created. Of course, God's in charge of the weather. Of course, he's in charge of the famine. And he was using that heaviness there to do something that was going to end up bringing great salvation to mankind and great glorification to God. So think about that famine for a minute with me. It was that famine that got Joseph out of prison. 
If it hadn't been for the dream about the famine, Joseph wouldn't have that, have had that catalyst given by God to get out of prison. It gave Joseph a chance to glorify God. He gave all the credit to Jehovah for his ability to interpret those dreams. It made that famine, the heaviness, made him second in command, second only to Pharaoh. That grievous, sore famine brought his brothers to Egypt as the famine was so sore that it spread throughout all the land. That famine brought Benjamin then to Egypt. Had that famine not com continued, those brothers would have gone home and they would have been able to make their sustenance without having to take Benjamin, but it brought his brother Benjamin. And then it made, that famine made those corn sacks. There wouldn't have been any corn sacks in which Joseph would have been hiding money if it had not been for the fact that those brothers were hungry. There was a grievous famine, and so that famine made that opportunity for him to put that money in Benjamin's sack and bring Benjamin thus back, bring them all back for that revelation. That famine brought that little tribe of about 70 people down to Egypt to grow into a great nation in a place where every need that they had would be met. And so they grew for about 400 years down in the land of Egypt. That famine was a catalyst then for the growth of the Messianic nation that grievous hard thing was a catalyst for their exodus from the land of Egypt. And I would say that it is very much providentially sore, heavy, grievous, because it was a big player in the great glorification that was going to come through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Can you see how God is using heaviness in a negative way? to finally bring out the heaviness that will be his glory in the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus. Finally, let's close with looking at Luke 2 for just a minute. I'm going to find over in Luke 2, and next month we're going to learn a new word for glory, and it's going to be D-O-X-A, doxa, and it is the Greek word in the New Testament that we're going to be studying that is the equivalent of this Hebrew word called bod that we're studying this month. But let's look real quickly over at, um, let's look at Luke chapter 2. And of course, you know Luke 2 is the story of the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, the incarnation of Jesus. And as we look at Luke chapter 2, I want us to find the word doxa, and we're going to find it in something that Simeon said. Now you remember that um, Simeon was a man in Jerusalem and he was, uh, the Bible describes him in verse 25 of Luke chapter 2 as being just and devout and waiting for, as it's called here, the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. So what he's saying here, he's saying, as per the Holy Spirit, verse 26, it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Christ or the Messiah. And it says in verse 27 of Luke 2, he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, and here we have Simeon, a very old man who was promised he wouldn't die before 
Jesus came into the world and he's holding Jesus in his arms. And I love these words. He said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the people. I love that word prepared because God was preparing the salvation all the way back there in the kabod of the famine for you, which you have prepared before the face of all people as a light to lighten the Gentiles. And listen to this and the glory, the D O X A, the glory of your people, Israel talking about a preparation through a very hard thing, a famine that was grievous over all the earth. It was, it was that word called God over all the, the earth. And yet God was preparing something that was going to be D-O-X-A, the equivalent of Kobod in a positive sense, the glory of the people Israel. I love that he was growing the people Israel through something very difficult, but providentially he was using it to move toward a light, to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. I hope you're having a good study of Kabod. We'll move to this Greek word next month, and I think that it's going to just help us to be more and more and more um, in love with what the Holy Spirit is doing in showing us the glory of our God. Have a good day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.